This is your this host, is your host Josh Drinko. <laughs> thank you so much. I like that dude. little duel. Thank entry. you for thank you for letting me do the intro. Uh, let me, I just got my I just got my AirPods turned on. Did you? Uh, oh, you did you talk over me? <laughs> I was I was powering through that one, dude. <laughs> uh, dude you're uh. such a spotlighter. You would not let me. You you're a, dude. You're a, you come from a show family. What else would I expect, dude? You got a famous. Dude. You got a famous performer for a sister. You just yeah. have to have the, you just have to have that spotlight. spotlight uh yeah, dude, it's been a been a long time uh since we recorded. We have a lot transpired. Uh you went went out west. Um mm-hmm. I went uh up north and uh I almost died last night. So yeah. <laughs> well, we got a lot. We do have a lot to talk about. I think the first thing that we need hang on, to... hang on. First thing is, what would happen if I would have died last night? What right. would the podcast be like immediately after my death? God, I would have to. I would have had to have had. I would have clipped together all of the dumbest things that we've talked about, <laughs> <laughs> and then I was here's a, here's what I honestly would have done. Okay, I would have brought on my brother to tell the story about two stories. <laughs> okay the first story this happened on the james river in the year of our lord 2019 oh, we were man. getting ready to grill out some hamburgers <laughs> and jeremiah was like i can't tell if these burgers are thawed or not and, <laughs> and josh goes well all you gotta do is put your finger in them and jeremiah goes well i, I didn't really want to do that and josh walks up and absolutely steal fingers <laughs> through the middle of these like frozen patties and it looks at Jeremiah and goes, do you even finger your wife? <laughs> <laughs> and oh, Jeremiah just looked like completely alpha. Jeremiah just goes, uh, like that. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> that was a great that, story. That Buck Cherry song had me all. All uh, hyped up, dude. I had to made you made you think about old times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yo, crazy bitch. What's uh, what's the what's the second one? Oh, the second one was uh, also from the May, also from the spring fishing trip. We were sitting around a fire in, in on the Muskegon trip, and mm. uh, we were talking about different. <laughs> different stuff. I don't even remember the exact. Con- Jeremiah remembers it because he brought it up not too long ago. But he was. We were, <laughs> we were, ta- we were talking about something, and and uh, people were like, "Yeah, like talking about different women or something." And it somehow came up that you were like, and that you thought pregnant women were hot or something. <laughs> and, I mean. And, and it came up like immediately after Jeremiah's like, well, Shelby's pregnant. And then, <laughs> and then <laughs> Jeremiah goes, well, Shelby's pregnant. And then like a minute later, uh, unrelated, like the conversation shifted gears slightly. And you go, you know what I think is really hot? Pregnant women. <laughs> and Jeremiah's like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> it was yeah, pretty funny. Well, you oh, can yeah. play that at my funeral. You have my Dude, permission. Your funeral would just be—I I don't know—it'd be—it would attract the wildest crew. I'll tell you that right now. It would now. be wild crew for sure. We'd uh, get the—we'd yeah. get the wet boys together. There'd be great mourning, dude. We would—we would have to do a Viking funeral for at least an effigy of you. Yes, a Viking sir, funeral dude. on the on the on the NRS uh, inflatable kayak, and dude, it would. I mean, ha- we ha- we probably talked about that on the podcast, right? About giving Derek a Viking funeral? Yes, we did. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Yeah, we. Oh, uh, it's come up. Yeah, yeah. So, what were you saying first thing? And then I, I, uh, I think that we need to start off with your antics last night. I mean, you, you went full, full R word last night, uh, and, <laughs> and nearly. I'm sure Andrew was crapping his khakis. So, for those who don't follow us on Instagram, which. We started to pick up the pace a little bit. We've been off, I'd say not 
you're not on a social media hiatus for sure because you guys do your business stuff on there but like yeah. definitely took a big step back from the social media stuff for a while um just busy with summer and stuff but if you don't follow us on there check us out smallly talk podcast it's all one word josh posted a, a reel last night um he went out gallivanting on the river with andrew josh neighborson and it looks like you boys got stuck out how many miles like five miles away from the boat ramp dude so we ran up uh it was one of those things where we didn't have a lot of time like we got on the river at like um it was probably like 550 something like that um which you know kind of giving a little bigger picture there's a new ramp that just opened on our local river and uh chris and i are both very excited we've already been out on it multiple times but it's a jet friendly stretch and it's really you can't really access it like a great way besides a jet going upstream so i'm like hey andrew you know let's go out for a couple hours previously you you would have to run like 15 miles well not 15 like like at least 11 miles upstream to even, to get, get, to the to even get to the ramp. Yeah. And then it's exactly. like another, and there's literally not another boat ramp for at least 25 miles. And, well, and there's, there's a, a dam, dam in between. So, yeah, so it's literally the, there's a, there's a dam that's 22 miles or so upstream, I would say. Yeah. And there's literally no boat ramp. It's so it's a lot of un, inaccessible, very remote water that's like yeah. that just opened up to us so we're we're both very my our tits are both extremely tingly about this yeah so. and and you live like five minutes from it i live like 15 minutes from it so it's you know it's like one of the it's the first time i've been able to like get yeah. on the river of an evening and like realistically fish for a couple hours and come back well I yeah, don't, let's I put it done. this way i my marriage sure great day in my life my firstborn son, best day. The other two, they're in tough, heated competition. My kids, their <laughs> birthdays, it's a tough, heated competition for the day that the Indiana DNR delivered to to me this precious, brand new. Dude, it was totally unexpected. Here. I didn't, I didn't think they'd come through, but yeah. Uh, but either way, dude, we, you know, I don't have a lot of experience doing these short trips. So usually, when we go out, we go out early in the morning. And, you know, we come back, you know, before dark, you don't usually run up on into that like sunset because you're kind of like, hey, we're about done. We're not going to push it. Um, well, when you go out at, you know, five forty five, six o'clock, you only have a couple hours. I just don't have a lot of experience with that, especially in a jet. Now, this stretch of river is uh I would call it technical from a jet perspective and both extremely hazardous for multiple reasons. Uh, it's not really particularly rocky, um, although it does have some boulders in it, but it's got a lot of wood um, and specifically wood that's like sticking up like higher than the boat. So you could really ruin your day if you're not paying attention during the day, you know, yeah, you might clip something or whatever, but for the most part, you know, it's pretty obvious where to run and where not to run. Well, when it gets dark out, um, that makes that exponentially harder. Um, so we end up, you know, we get end up at the top. We ran all the way up to the bridge. Um, so, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 11 all, miles. You ran 11 yeah. miles upstream. Yeah. Yeah. Well, whenever we didn't go to the dam, we went to. Uh, That's 11 miles. Yeah, it's it was a long way for sure, but it was kind of we did it in two separate runs, so I was kind of like, you know, I'm not keeping track. I'm like, oh yeah, you yeah. know, it's I I just didn't calculate how long it was going to take us to get back, and I knew, you know, when they say like sunsets at seven fifty eight or whatever, it's like yeah, you still have daylight left. It's hard to say exactly when it gets dark on the river. Well, it was coming up on eight o'clock. I'm like, we better get going, and Andrew first time he'd ever been on the jet was like, Oh, let me get a couple more casts. And I was kind of getting ready or whatever. And he was like, we're just kind of taking our time, whatever, setting up the phone to get the run, you know, to video the run. And, you know, I start going back and it was fine at first, but dude, it went from like, I can see very well to like, Oh shit. It's getting, (laughs) 
it's getting dark it yeah. to where you know the last probably three miles of it i mean dude i was like running off of like complete memory especially when you go on a stretch you've been on twice now well in jet, I, I, yeah in the jet yeah okay yeah um so there was a couple spots though where it's like you could get into really bad trouble. And I did, there was a couple trees, you know, I was going as slow as I could go after it got really hard to see, but like you would come up on trees where it's like, you'll see the only thing I could see was just a little disturbance in the, you could see the reflection of the water. It's like, Oh, there's something there. But the actual like wood above the water is like, is like invisible. So I was just watching the water. Meanwhile, this river gets some kind of hatch at night, dude. Yeah. I mean, I was getting abs. I was getting pelted in my eyes. So I kept sitting down. I'm on the cooler behind the um, windshield when it was like open. And then I'd stand up and then just, dude, my eyes were bloodshot red by the time I got done all swollen up. I've been um, caught on that rib- on that particular stretch, like after dark twice. And I was on the raft. Well, I think once I was in the canoe, once I was in the raft. And dude, it's so bad that you like can't hardly breathe. I mean, yeah. like the bugs are so thick, like above. And if you have a headlamp on, forget it. Like you're done. You have yeah. to go off of no lights. At least, at least not on your person. You could probably put one on the front of your boat or something. But I was like, gonna say your your headlights on your boat would have been clutch in that situation. They're pretty bright. Yeah, they're very yeah. very bright. It would have been you know nice, I, but it can also get you. I think I think the safest bet. Like the the lights just would be get great. Off the water. <laughs> yeah, the safest bet is just get off the water. But like, I mean, obviously, if you're in an emergency situation or like if you get caught like you did, yeah, it'd be nice to have them. But like, I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. I've I've been out for sure. Like when it's later than it should be. I've never been out when it's that dark. It makes me very uncomfortable. I'm sure there are a lot well, of guys like pussy, whatever. It, but d- dude, it was it was legit. Like dark, dark. Like, yeah. I couldn't even see the ramp. Like, That's I had crazy, to, dude. I was taking my headlamp, shining it on the uh, bank to figure out when we were at the ramp. That's how dark it was. Um, but yeah, dude, I mean, somehow we got, I hit two things really, really uh, minor. I think it was, it was like, you know, stumps or wood or something really um, didn't hurt anything. Uh, yeah, I got lucky, man. I mean. Andrew, I'm sure he was sitting back there like, man, is it like this every time? <laughs> I think he knew after about halfway in, he's like, okay, this is not normal. <laughs> he got home and kissed his wife and kids like, <laughs> I love dude, you guys, dude, I love but, you. You know, thinking about it, I was like, I, you know, I just, I don't know what else I could have done besides beach it and just sleep on the boat. I mean, you guys get I, cuddled up. Yeah, like I don't, I was like, I don't know what else, what other choice I had. So, you know, I would say it's a lesson in uh, if you're, if you're on a boat or, you know, whatever, really any kind of craft, because you could get in trouble in a canoe. Could you imagine dumping a canoe or something in that scenario? Mm -hmm. You know, just be smart about it. Plan. Really, I should have set an alarm to say like, hey, give myself 30 minute cushion and unfortunately i was pushing it and uh but we caught some fish so it was fun <laughs> worth uh, it <laughs> yeah so worth it you know uh, no the- it's, it's pretty funny it would have also been like I, I think about this sometimes like uh well i guess i'll just kind of talk a little bit about yellowstone too while i'm saying this but like there was this when Jer- jeremiah and i and my dad all went out to yellowstone last week uh, or two weeks ago and we did a, a week-long fishing trip out there and there's this the best day of fishing we had we went up to the lamar valley and it's like mostly closed because of all the flooding but they're like 10 miles of river that are open between you know th- this one bridge and the confluence with the yellowstone river so there's this 10 miles and it's pretty remote like there's you have to make like a pretty good hike back to the river to get to it. So not a lot of people fished it. We knew that. Um, so we hiked way back. It was like a two and a half mile hike back to the river. And the river is in like a, a couple hundred feet deep Canyon. Okay. 
And, you know, there are a couple places you can get to the river. We kind of mapped it, went to one of those places, got down to the river, but you're in, at that point, you're in a Canyon for like five miles. So we knew we were, we bit off a, at least a five mile wade and then a, and a, probably a two mile hike back to the river. So we get out there. It's great. Fishing is like fantastic. You know, we find some big fish or whatever. And then there's this spot where the river is there. And then there's like a sheer wall on the one side that we've been on. The river is very deep. And then there's like a waterfall. Okay. It's not a tall waterfall, but it's like 15 to 20 feet. And we had to cross the river right on top of the waterfall. So if you like fell going across this river and the river's like waist high and like it's a Western river, like it's, it's flowing. So like if we fell in that spot, like it would have been a bad situation. So Jeremiah crosses first. I'm like, I don't think we should do this. I think this is stupid. Jeremiah's like, let's go. So we, he starts crossing. He falls down like halfway across the river. He did he turn down. back? Did he turn around and say, do you even finger your wife? <laughs> he did not. <laughs> but it was something very akin to that. I wasn't about to get, my little brother was not about to outbrave me, dude. I was, he, he started to outbrave me and I just, I wasn't going to have it. So anyways, he goes, he gets like halfway across this river and he falls. Ends up recovering somehow, makes it across. It looks back. He's like, all right, your turn. So I start going across and I just have this moment of like, if my wife has to hear that, like I died crossing on top of a waterfall on a fishing trip, she's, she's going to be like, Chris is awesome. Dude, no, <laughs> she's going to be like, what an idiot. Like what a dumb way to die. Uh, <laughs> think about how dumb it would have been to die. Just jet boating. Like how'd your, how'd your oh, husband yeah. die? It, um, boating accident hey, it was if you're gonna, if, you're gonna if, you, if you're gonna go <laughs> dude <laughs> uh, yeah, I, it, it was dark he was boating he was going about 25 miles per hour down, in the dark <laughs> down a river you know he said he I'm, said i had to keep it on plane on the video i i don't know yeah well i mean you know here's the thing all those situations like that like you and i both have our um a number of situations where we've gotten ourselves. I mean, you almost died of hyperthermia one time oh when God. we were fishing. <laughs> Here it comes, but, dude. <laughs> I will say this. I did almost die of hypothermia in Minnesota last year. <laughs> so I'll give you that one. Well, when I got dumped you know, in the water, we almost, yeah, we almost, um, blew up our house, you know, natural gas leak. <laughs> uh, worst, worst case scenario. Worst case scenario, dude. <laughs> you you got to tell you got to tell that one at my funeral too. <laughs> yeah. Josh. <laughs> yeah, well, I smell natural gas. Well, what's the problem? Well, it could blow up the house. Yeah, that's worst case scenario. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know what I mean? Like we've all I I some of those memories like that where I've sort of had some danger right um there there's some of the best memories like you know the the menominee trip where we you know we didn't really almost die or anything but we got ourselves in a pretty bad pickle um yeah you know and we remember that you know i'll look back i'm sure i'll tell my grandkids that when you know i'm older it's like those kind of things are cool you obviously don't want to be dumb but at the same time like i don't know man i feel like I, you know, I won't ever do that again, you know, try not to. Um, but I look back on it, man, you know, it's, it's a, it's a little, you got, you got to have some adventure in your life. And yeah. I can tell you this running that river in the broad daylight's an adventure. So, oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it's it'll, just, it'll pucker you up a little bit. It is just a very white trash thing to be like, how's your husband really hurt himself <laughs> yeah. or how'd he die? Boat, boating. He was boating on White River, <laughs> he was boating on the south side of White River, going about twenty-five miles per hour, and he hit a a, a log, just decapitated him mid mid river. He's he had, he said on this video, I don't I can't see, but I got to keep it, I got to keep going fast and keep it on plane. And then the next thing you see in the video is just decapitated body. Yeah, my wife's like. Did you hurt your boat? <laughs> she said that when I got <laughs> home. I was like, oh, I'm fine. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry about uh, me, honey. Yeah. I mean, you know, it is what it is. But I, I do think we've done some pretty cool things. Yeah. Pushing the limit a little bit. 
uh, you know, probably what was comfortable. You know, we've done a lot of riverside camping and had some encounters with, you know, all kinds of things. So, um, I don't know, you know, it's, a uh, it Fun sucked. I, I, I won't do that again. Um, so yeah, reminder to anybody out there, you know, set your watch, make sure you judge your time wisely when you're out on the river because a dark river is no place to be unless you're set up on the bank. So, yeah. Um, and just, I won't probably go too much into the Yellowstone thing just because it's not really kind of the focus of our podcast or whatever, but you know, if you do want to hear about the Yellowstone, uh, trip, just hit me up, send me a message, you know, our other podcast trout talk. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You listen to my other, my sister podcast, uh, trouty talk podcast. Um, (laughs) yeah, no, hit me up if you want to hear about it. It was fun, man. We caught a lot of good fish, you know, it was like terrestrial, you know, we, we, we did a little bit of, uh, you know, hopper dropper fishing, but it was mostly like single fly hopper stuff. It was, you know, really, really good time. We all three caught our personal best trout and, you know, we're not huge trout guys, so it's not like we had to catch world records for that or anything, but, um, it was fun, man. We caught on that day on the Lamar, I caught, um, a tw- probably I didn't measure it, but 19 to 20 inch, uh, cutty. And, uh, my brother caught one that was about the same. And, um, we did measure the, we caught, uh, they both caught a like 19 inch Brown trout the day before that. So yeah, it was fun, man. Really fun. Yeah, I bet you it was fun. Um, Yellowstone's freaking amazing. If you haven't gone to do it, you know, the fishing is really good. You know, I'll say that like, you know, the fishing in, in certain areas is really good. Um, but just from like a, if you're an outdoorsman, like it, there's not, there's nowhere better to go. We did a, we did a, some great hiking out there. We did some great fishing and, you know, the culture out there is great. Um, very like outdoors oriented culture. And it's a, you know, it's a type of place that I think if you enjoy doing the types of things that we all enjoy doing, hiking, fishing, you know, floating down a river, seeing, you know, wild animals and all of that kind of stuff. It's definitely a great place for that. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I heard you, uh, had a less than ideal guide experience while you're out yeah. there. Yeah. The first day we did a float on the Madison and it just didn't go great. It was, I don't know, dude, it was the guiding, the guide situation just wasn't ideal. And then, so we took a guide out the first and the second day, um, just to kind of, you know, we're not trout guys. So like we thought, let's take a guide out at the beginning of the trip to kind of show us what kind of water they're holding in, you know, how to present these flies, you know, what kind of gear they're using, that kind of stuff. And, uh, which definitely paid off. Like that, that was like a really good setup. I thought, you know, we learned a ton about what, what to do, what kind of water to look, to look for and stuff. Um, but mostly we learned that on the second day with the second guide, (laughs) the first day was pretty frustrating. You know, we really didn't move any big fish. It was kind of a waste of, I mean, we kind of like stayed in a different area completely just to pursue going out with a guide, like on, on the Madison, I guess, which we really didn't have to do now that I know that, but but anyways, we did that and it, you know, it just didn't work out. Um, but yeah, we, we did a guided trip on the second day with blue ribbon flies in West Yellowstone. And, uh, it was just a, a walk and wade trip inside the park. And yeah, man, it was incredible. It was really fun. The guide was you know, super enthusiastic and really worked to put us on good fish and, you know, kind of, we told him what the goal of the trip was and he kind of definitely geared it towards that, you know, showing us which flies to use, how to present them, what kind of water to look for. And then, you know, the rest of the trip, the fishing, you know, we applied that information and yeah, the fishing was great for the rest of the trip. So, man, I thought that was really cool that you, there's an actual such thing as a waiting guide because mm-hmm. I feel like that's a, you know, when you think of guiding service, think of like a boat, you know? Right. Um, 
that's pretty neat though i i mean guys that are interested in that even around here you know i feel like the you know i don't think there's any guides that do that they kind of limit themselves to boats and i think there would be um if you're an aspiring you know guide you know it might be an easy low cost way for you to get you know going because for every mile of floatable water in Indiana, there's about five miles of weightable water, right. um, if not more than that. So you, you'd you have a lot of water that doesn't really get beat up like some of the floatable areas do. Um, it, so it's definitely cool. easier to do it with trout, too, because like, you know, you're fishing with really small flies and like you present the fly in the same run many times. Like you can do that and still and still move fish pretty consistently so like he i mean he was great dude he was a young guy he's like 25 26 maybe and he was just running like he dropped me off and then like my dad and brother were like a mile or like a half a mile up the river i'd say and he just would walk back and forth you know he'd leave me alone fish for 30 minutes come back how you doing you need anything you know that's pretty cool yeah it was fun he like would show me what flies you know he's like hey you should try these and and then at the end of the day, you know, he was like, you guys want these flies, you can have them, you know, gave us a bunch of flies, which was, which was really cool. So, yeah, um, that's neat, man. Yeah, that's it was fun. Pretty cool trip, especially you got to go with your dad and, you know, spend some time with him. And I know oh, yeah. how that is. I uh, did a, a trip with my father as well. Um, the before, legend, dude. Yeah, the ledge. Me and me and Danny um, and, and dad went out. Went up and did uh, the Upper Mississippi, which I'm sure you are quite jealous of, um, because we did not go there this year, and uh, it lived up to the hype. Uh, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, so we, so we did do it last year, um, and the plan was we were actually going to go to the Menominee, but what we discovered was that the Menominee was at a historic low flow and that's what happened last year at the upper mississippi it was super low then i started looking at gauges i'm like shoot the upper mississippi is freaking at spring flows right now so we went up there dude it was awesome i you know we've talked uh at end about that river and how it fishes and everything and obviously we've sent some people up there because i've seen like five or six people posting pictures from Indiana up there um, here recently. Uh, you're welcome, and, locals. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, we need a referral fee for that crap. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was – it. yeah, it's awesome. Um, it's completely different than the spring. Obviously, you're not dealing with any sort of spawning activity or, like, pre-spawn, post-spawn, what are the fish doing. You know, they're in summer patterns. Um, but, uh, it was a sleigh fest. I, our worst day, um, I caught like 105 by myself. Um, mm. that was the worst day. And I, the only reason it wasn't as good as the other days is just the average. I wouldn't even say the average size. We just didn't catch many upper end fish. Uh, but the one day I, I had a 21, a 20, um, five nineteens and like, I don't know, eight eighteens or something like that. Um, and 140, I had my all time personal best numbers. day had 140. Um, huh. dad caught, dad caught a 22. Um, yeah. I mean, Which it's was, just, it, it looked like it. I mean, the thing was huge. So. Oh my God. Yeah. He was like, it was, it was the first day we fish and we just, we, the way everything played out, we got there and fish like from like one o'clock until dark. And so it was a little bit shorter day. It was one of the first really decent fish that anybody had caught up to that point. And, you know, dad is, you know, he, he can be over dramatic at times. Um, <laughs> every, everyone can, you know, your first, first handful of fish, you catch at a new place, especially up there where they're super thick, you know, you're like, He's like, oh my god, I, I need help. He's like, I need help. I need help. I can't help. believe I can't believe you're besmirching your papa right now upon yeah. this podcast. Yeah, 
Well, no, he's like, I kind of was like gonna, one of the. Your dad's going to beat your ass, dude. <laughs> I was like, I was kind of rolling my eyes like, oh, man, it's probably like an 18 or something. And, uh, dude, he has it in the net. And I kind of like looking over and I was like, how big is it? And he was like, it, he's like, it's over 21. And I was like, oh, shit. And I was like, all right. So I, you know, went over and pedaled over and. We, we ended up, we took the jet and kayaks, but ended up using kayaks for the majority of the time, just the way it worked out. But, um, yeah, dude, he had that thing in the net and it was like, it was like your carp you caught on Saturday, like the head and the tail were both <laughs> sticking up out the sides of the net. Um, and, uh, yeah, dude, he was, he was like, it was really fun. <laughs> I don't even think I told you this. It was really funny because you know, you get a fish that big. Like I looked at it on the board. I'm I, like, dude, that's. I wouldn't know. I've never yeah. caught one that big. <laughs> I haven't either. But I looked yeah. on the board. I'm like, Dad, that's a 22. And uh, you know, he's. You can tell he's like, he's kind of shake. His hands are shaking a little bit. And I'm like, all right, dude. I was like, well, you know, let's. I was like, hold it down in the water. You know, I was like, we'll we'll get some pictures of it here in a sec. I was like, we'll get, you know, I'll get set up to where my boat's in position and, you know, the sun's against you. I was like, I want to get some good pictures of it. Dude, he (laughs) he would not let two hands off this fish, dude. He was like. Did you already get, you got a safety picture, right? Yeah. Well, well, yeah. That's your your obligation to to snap us. Okay. I got a safety picture now, you know, give it a breath. He was like, I was like, all right, hold it up. And dude, he had like the death grips on this thing and he had like his hand was in the way and he's like, hold it up. And I'm like, I'm like, dad, you can't see the fish. And he's like, he was so nervous. Like he didn't know which way to turn it and stuff. I'm like, dude, I was like, take your other hand off. I was like. And, you know, I was like, I was like coaching him to like where to put his hands and stuff. And he finally was like, okay, all right. I'll, he's like, you got a picture of it. All right. All right. I can do that. Yeah. He, dude, he was scared <laughs> to death. That thing was going to flop in the That's water. Pretty awesome. That's pretty yeah. fun. But, That's uh, cool. yeah, it was good. Danny slayed him. Uh, uh, he slayed him pretty much every day. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, he had some a, good. That's some good audio right there. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> he, had some, he had one tough day um, where that day I did really well. I just couldn't miss, and he was he was struggling for the big fish. Um, but, yeah, we all three just had an awesome time. You know, Minnesota's crazy. I mean, you could – What kind of could, uh, pattern were they on when you guys were up there? Um, <laughs> I don't know that it mattered that much, but um, – Well, here here's, know, here's one thing while you're thinking about that. I'll just say this. We've had a lot of – inquiries about you know upper mississippi and i'll just tell you that uh if you don't message me for spots don't don't do it uh but i'll say this i don't think that you can really go wrong uh in the upper mississippi i just think the big thing is probably avoid being like two to three miles upstream of any dam. Yeah. It, I mean, and that it's not that there aren't fish there. It's just for the type of fishing we do, we're more reading current and stuff. I yeah. think it fishes more like a lake, you know, where those dams are at. And I don't have any uh, problem with people asking for Intel or whatever, but you know, just, I would say that, you know, if, if you're planning a trip up there, I think if you do that, if you just avoid the being upstream of a dam, like directly upstream of a dam, I think you'll be all right. I think you'll kill yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, it was uh, the, by far the best, uh, pattern was, um, a little finesse buzz bait caught a lot on a fluke as well. So it was probably a one, two punch. Pretty fun. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's, uh, that's about as good I, as it gets. I'd say it's pretty good. Uh, yeah, it was, a lot of grass up there this that time of year so you kind of had to fish um something that wasn't like at times it was like kind of frustrating because every cast you get like a blade of grass on your bait you know right. so it was like there's a lot of grass it sucks kinda... you really yeah <laughs> well you know the like the like in fall like the leaves are floating this is like all that grass is breaking loose for whatever mm. reason um and there's just a lot of it on the surface you it, it was that made it somewhat challenging but 
Yeah, dude. I mean, it's the smallmouth river, smallmouth Mecca. If anybody tells you, you know, Susquehanna, New River. I was going to say, dude, you've they've never you've, been up there. You've spe- you've experienced both. You've went. I've experienced both multiple times. In, and it's, in close proximity, you did both. So I, let's I tell the Susquehanna is an experience on its own. Just the sheer size and it's super cool. It, it, the Susquehanna is way cooler of a river than the upper Mississippi. It's not even close. The fish in the Susquehanna are the meanest, nastiest fighting smallmouth I've ever caught. But just like on a level playing field, like if you were like, hey, I'll challenge you to a numbers and size Mississippi River versus Susquehanna, like I would laugh at your face if you were on any other river because I would slaughter you. So Whoa. it's Slaughtered. not even not even close. Um, mm. So there you go, folks. It was cool. I mean, it was fun, man. We're I think we're planning on doing a, a kind of a midsummer trip instead of our usual uh, Memorial Day uh, extravaganza. So we'll get to experience. I think it's going to be one of those things we're going to look back and we're all going to be like, holy crap, that was unbelievable. Um, hope so. I hope it turns yeah. out that way. I think it will. Yeah, so, I uh, think so too. <clears throat> So, I think I converted one of our good fishing buddies, Derek Burton, into a fly guy. How I've seen that, dude. That? He's he's really uh, he's really been pushing the fly content recently. Yeah, rightfully yeah. so, dude. He's he's <laughs> become a dick addicted to this to this yeah. game. He tried with me. He failed. Uh, as <laughs> per usual, I I don't know what I was thinking. Even I should have let you just discover it on your own, and then you would be into it. Born, uh, con- I'm, born contrarian, I'm sh- dude. I'm sure. I'm sure. Whenever I'm like sixty, <laughs> oh my and I'm god, like, I start to slow down, you know, and I'm a little slower pace of life. Oh my you know, god, I'll probably pick up the fly rod, but uh, right, right. Till then, dude, I'm freaking running and gunning, buddy. <laughs> uh, I don't think I've seen you throw a fly rod for a smallmouth all year, dude. You're freaking throwing it for carp and then throwing conventional for smallmouth. So don't even, don't even, don't even pretend over there. Been, been. Uh, I'm going tomorrow, so with my fly rod. Um, okay. Yeah, it's. It's been tough, dude. I, I I don't want to publicly discuss this, but I have an injury that's been plaguing me all year. <laughs> oh my god! It's brutal. <laughs> I, I hate even complaining about it because it sounds like such a little, little cunty little thing for me to complain about, but it's pretty bad. I don't know. I think I'm gonna have to have surgery. <laughs> it yeah, sucks. I'm getting old. Hit. We're getting old, dude. My uh, my, it sounds so dumb to complain about it, but my right pinky, on my right hand, <laughs> it, it hurts so bad. It, it's, you, you got, tell Ashley like I got the black lung. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's such a bitchy thing to complain. It's like yeah, my my pinky. It's of all, of all fingers to hurt. My pinky finger on my right hand. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's trigger finger. I don't know if you know what that is, but. It's yeah. this weird thing that, like, I can't, I they can't fully. Sh- they, they make a shot for it. You can get an yeah. injection. I think I'm going to try it. the injection. It's been to the point where, like, like when I went fly fishing out in Wyoming, like, I can't. It's not. It hasn't been an option since I've been back to fly fish. Mm. Um, it's it was swollen up. I've had to ice it. It's been a real, it's been a real drag. So I know. Oh uh, my God. Say a prayer. So say a prayer for me, wet boy nation, dude. Pray, bless my pinky, please. Dude. Uh, we didn't even freaking talk about your new boat, dude. We got, got that stealth craft delivered and we've we already broken did that bitch talk? in. Did we talk about it? I think we did. No, the last podcast oh we God. did, we interviewed that dude from, uh, Nolan minor. That's the last oh, podcast we did. Speaking of, okay, I gotta I gotta give a special shout out to a former guest on the podcast, Dr. Steve Salmons. What a what a classy dude, man. Take a little look at that. Yeah, Dr. Our Steve audience Salmons. can't see that, but I know, but you it's I'm very showing, cool. <laughs> Dr. Dr. Salmons sent me a Flint River Keeper uh 
Native Black Bass Hang Initiative. On. I gotta. I've been waiting to open mine. He All sent right. me a Flint River Keeper, uh, Georgia DNR, Black Bass Initiative, oh, Shoal Bass Research Hat, oh, which is Josh. Josh got one too, which lessens the qual. What lessens the desirability of my hat a little bit. <laughs> Lessons the coolness a little bit, but I'll take it. Now, super, super cool handwritten note. Um, I'm not even gonna wear it. I'm just gonna. It's it's a display piece in my office. So, really, really cool hat. I love it. I actually do kind of want to wear it because it's so. It is very comfortable as well. But freaking cool hat. Really awesome of him to send that stuff. He uh, he he invited us to come down fishing. So, a little yeah. shoal bass action. I told him he was going to regret that invitation because that is you know, something I've always wanted to do, and I will definitely be taking him up on. So, well, we missed that on our southern trip this spring because of. Yeah, I, I almost think the, guy, the guys that our, invited us, they no, we were going to go to the. Where are we going to go, Missouri? Yeah, Missouri. Uh, the guys that invited us, they were. Um, they were like saying it was too cold and the fishing wasn't very good. I I feel like it was like a maybe a, a yeah it was a little bit of a ploy like they second guessed the invitation and they were like <laughs> we can't have these guys down here we're gonna tell them it's a waste of time and then we didn't end up going so yeah, yeah. I um I have to I have to disagree there I think I was the one that canceled because it was like 17 <laughs> degrees yeah it, it was, was it was yeah. 17 degrees and I wasn't about to go freeze my ass off in Missouri for five days so yeah um, I agree but very cool very very cool of uh Dr. Salmon to send us some stuff we appreciate that um yeah. what were we getting ready to talk about your new boat oh the new boat yeah yeah dude delivered signed sealed delivered it was uh actually i had to go pick it up i don't know why i said delivered i had to drive all the way up there to get it um it's good man i love it really enjoy it josh i took josh out on it um, on a couple twice. times a couple yep. times um it's fun man it's it's definitely it was definitely worth the wait um yeah I enjoy it a lot. <laughs> it was a little pain getting it. You know, you don't have to hide it, but, uh, I, I, I think it's one of those things. Like if the process is painful to get something, it better be, it better deliver. And I feel like that boat delivered. So it's pretty nice. You know, it's definitely, I, I had two major concerns about it. Okay. Because this, my stealth weld has a 0.19 gauge hole on it. So for a scope of reference, I think Josh's is 0. 0.1. So yeah. like my boat is thick. like 190%. The hole is 190% as thick as Josh's. So almost double. And which, you know, I, is intentional in that, like, you don't really have to do K5 on those boats. You really don't have to do anything to them because they're essentially bulletproof, you know, is what they are. You can bang them off of rocks, stumps, and it will barely dent them, if at all. That's kind of like the allure of it. But it also, you know, it's an 1860, so my thought on it was like the boat might, the draft on it might be deeper, you know, than my boat, my old boat, the G3. And I think that we've established that the draft is really not that different unnoticed i wouldn't say it's noticeable i don't you know when we're just drafting like when we're not on on plane i don't really think that i notice any difference in the depth that i'm able to drift in um and you know that's i thought that maybe the the extra weight on the hull and the fact that it's a 60 inch wide boat i thought maybe it would sit lower in the water doesn't really seem to do that the other thing i thought was you know, I've got a heavier motor on this boat, you know, maybe one of two things. It's either going to, again, draft deeper or it's not going to get on plane quite as quick. So it would take, you know, in our rivers, especially like there's, you know, you'll have a lot of, uh, you'll have a little bit of depth, you know, in the channel, and then you really got to hammer it to get on plane. 
you know, to get through the next little riffle or next little run or whatever. So, you know, being able to get up on plane quickly is like an important aspect of the boats that we use. So I thought maybe with the heaviness of this boat, heaviness of the new motor, it's going to have three batteries in it, et cetera, that maybe it would not be able to get on plane quite as easy. And honestly, like it seems to get on plane just as quick, if not quicker than, than the G3. So I don't really feel like I lost anything there. So I'll say, and then the inside of the boat is incredible. Like the storage on it is phenomenal. You know, yeah, all the little, I feel like that boat really shines is the storage on it. Yeah. Sure. So all, all in all I'll say that like, I'm super happy with the product. I think it turned out, you know, I think that they did a really good job. It's really well thought out. The layout is exactly as I wanted it. The color scheme turned out exactly as I wanted it. You know, um, I have a couple little things I need to do to it to make it, you know, a little catered towards what I like, you know, what I want and what I like. And I got to trim down the shaft on the trolling motor and I got to do a couple of other little things. But all in all, dude, very, very happy with it. So yeah, worth, cool worth boat, the man. wait. Yeah, I uh, I noticed last night when I was in the G3, one, that boat, like, it's a, it's a lot deeper, like, just, um, like, just the depth of the boat is deeper. I don't know what the measurement is, but... Like, like the high st- sides? Yeah, like, standing in the G3, I was like, man, I, I, the floor is a lot higher compared to the sides than your boat is, Um so I definitely think it uh it's nice like I was up there standing up with you on the front console like uh you know when we were driving it's kind of a second set of eyes you know looking for stuff mm-hmm. um and there's enough room to do that that G3 it's not really meant for that it's not, not really a great you could probably stand up there but it'd just be kind of cramped or I'd have to move that cooler that I have for as a seat which I could you know do if I wanted to but but yeah, man, it's a cool boat. Um, definitely neat. Uh, I think we're going to have a lot of cool uh, double jet trips in the future. So yeah. I think that'll be fun to take uh, four guys and be able to go out with those boats. I think that's uh, it opens up a lot of fun water. In my opinion, it's like more like uh, uh, destination type stuff. Yes. Uh, that you can go do without a ton of planning. You know, you do the kayak or the drift boat thing and you got to have spot cars and all kinds of stuff. Um, it's, you know, you pretty much just put in and go fish. Um, yep. There's, you know, other things that can go wrong with it. They're more maintenance for sure. But, uh, but yeah, we both have Japanese motors, so that should, shouldn't, be a, shouldn't be a lot of maintenance on them. Thank so, God, dude. Thank God. Yeah. I- our Japanese allies have come through for us once again. And yeah. Yeah, our, dude. Japanese yeah. is the best, dude. I will Very say honorable. this, like, so I was going to have a mercury on my boat and there ended up being some supply chain issues and the boat guys definitely were like, you know, I'm, I'm sure that there are plenty of mercury enthusiasts out there, but they were definitely like the Honda and the Yamaha are, you know, we see a lot, we see very few issues with them. You know, so I don't know. They got it together, those guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. You know, I think there's certain uh, rivers that'll be a challenge just just driving a jet. Like the Susquehanna is one of those. Like I've been on a kayak uh, two different trips. And like this last time, I was like, dude, there's no way I would have taken a jet, which I didn't see a jet the whole time we were out there. It's probably because people aren't running them at the current flows. Right. Um, but uh, I will say, you know, if you watch that video on Instagram that I put up, like that'll show, we got, we have some challenging rivers around here. So yeah. they're not exactly just like the Muskegon's like one of those rivers. Like you basically could just close your eyes and run it for the most part. Um, you know, our rivers around here require some, you know, so you got, it hones your skills. Uh, so yeah. um, I think they're, We'll we'll be prepared to run some, uh, you know, more challenging rivers. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. It's fun. Jet boats are fun. Lot to learn. Riding, Lot to learn about even, it. Even just driving them, riding in them, I actually that part of it's really fun. 
uh, yeah, in the daylight. Yeah, it is. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. It's a lot to learn about it still. I feel like every time I go out, still I'm learning, you know, something new about it. It's just a new, yeah. you know, it's a new part of, part of this whole thing. You know, it's a different tool for a different application. And it's, yeah, every time I go out, I feel like I get a little bit better at it. It does take, you know, it does, it's like kayak fishing kind of, you know, you kind of, it takes a few trips out for you to really kind of figure out how to switch, you know, smoothly transition from like going it down the current to like sliding into an eddy and like, you know, reaching for your net and like all, you know, it takes you just kind of muscle memory and like figuring out how your boat reacts to certain situations. And, you know, so it's a new, it's a new aspect of this whole thing. Um, I'm definitely, yeah, I'm enjoying it, man. It's fun. It's really fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we, we've went out, uh, not a ton together. We did just, uh, the last couple trips went out together. Um, didn't really have much to talk about. On no, trip. no. Uh-uh. Uh, we, we caught a few decent ones, but nothing, uh, you know, I think fishing right now, which we'll, we're going to do a fall episode. Uh, we usually try to every year and kind of outline what's going on. The The fish are in like all out summer like pattern right now. So it's sort of a weird time. Like early fall, late summer is uh, it's it can be tough to catch big fish. Um, and I haven't I haven't caught a decent uh, smallmouth around here. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think when the last well, you, had, like, you had a good day on the tip canoe. A couple I did like a go, week and a half ago. Yeah, I guess I did. I did catch some nice fish on the tippy. Um, went camping with the family and took the jet boat and camped on an island. And uh, yeah, I did. That is the last time I caught like decent fish around here. But honestly, I haven't been fishing a ton just in general because of you know. Is your pinky house. also? Is your pinky also yeah, injured? My, my pinkies hurt. <laughs> um, but yeah, just got a lot of stuff going on personally and a lot of busyness kids and house and all that stuff so yeah man um i i think um uh, we're we're talking about doing some kind of uh fall trip thing i'm not sure exactly what that's gonna look like um but uh yeah that i personally whenever kind of october hits that first like really big cold front comes yeah. through that's when it starts like, all right, got to get is... one more. We got to get one more good one in. I started yeah. thinking that like we got to get, I know. You know it's, uh, it's getting, it's getting close to the end. We're honestly, we're getting close, dude. We've got like, you know, I mean, there's good fishing to be had in October right, for six, sure. six weeks. I mean, once November hits, like, yeah, you kind of start thinking about your winter program. I would say yeah. that, that we've got three good weeks of summer fishing left. Yeah, summer, but I like fall. Like that. Yeah, it's okay. I, I like it too. I'm just saying, th- it, it is like a there is a transition happening. Like we've. Yeah. I feel like this summer has lasted a long time, and uh, I feel like the transition is getting ready to happen. So. Yeah, I haven't even looked at the forecast, but yeah, usually you'll get just one cold, like three or four cold days in a row, where it's like in the 40s, high 30s, you know, mid 40s in the at night. And yeah. it kind of shocks those fish into going into their uh, fall patterns, which, I mean, I honestly, I'm ready for that. I'm kind of like, dude, bring it on, bring fall on. Like you think about back about like me and you, all the good trips we've had in October, like where we've just completely slayed them. Um, you know, like think back a couple of those Mus- Muskegon trips that we've had in the fall. They were really, really fun. Um, think about like, you know, um, a couple yeah. of Sugar Creek trips we've had that were really, really fun. Tippy, you know, I'm excited about our winter winter program we got going on. So we got it. I'm very excited about that. We got it dialed in. I feel like this is the year we extend it to a different river. So um, I think we're gonna we're gonna spend uh, some time finding some spots maybe closer to home that because we have a good. We started off winter program with like smaller like kind of kayak type river even some wading and we transitioned into a bigger river and we've got that kind of 
on lockdown. You got. I still think there's more spots there, and maybe oh, that's sure. That, maybe this uh, year we look we look to expand that a little bit. Um, you know, like a couple more good spots there, and then uh, yeah, the one close to home. I feel like I feel like we need to start. We need to find two like really good areas and exploit them, and like be like, yes, there are fish here in the wintertime. And, you know, that's really your best chance to catch a 20 in Indiana is then. I think so, too. I I absolutely agree. So, dude, um, thank you for uh, any other anything else? You got anything else? Man, I I don't know. Anything new? You got any new stuff? Anything new in your box, dude? Tell me what. Tell me what your box is up to. I definitely have a lot of new stuff in my box. I'm trying to think of things worth talking about that I've used recently. Um, oh. Well, while you're thinking of it, I can tell you that we do have a couple of new reviews, uh, which is nice because we just bumped up to 4.9 out of 5 stars on iTunes. So that's nice. nice. We were at 4.8 for a while. Uh, so September 7th, this is from B money, Smallmouth honey. Uh, this is called the, the review title is the Bob and Tom of Smallmouth. Great. Which one's Bob and which one's Tom? Just for the record, <laughs> I don't know. uh, great information on Smallmouth from some South side trash. Thank you. Hell yeah. Thank you. B money, Smallmouth honey. Uh oh, and I think that that was actually the only review that we had. We had a nice. couple more ratings, but yeah, dude. Okay, thank you, B Money, Smallmouth Honey. All right, I got a couple cool things in my box that are new, and you know, if you guys are following the Achigan stuff, we used to do that Top Water Tuesday. We're gonna bring that back here pretty soon. Uh, but this is right one in time actually... for winter, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's actually when people focus on gear more is in the wintertime anyways. Um, so this is like a little little Japanese lure. Um, mm. Little top water. Check it. See if you can see that. Oh, yeah. Look at that little guy. Okay. Yeah, so this is a, a jackal micro pompadour. So it's a micro pompadour. The jacker. Uh, yeah, the jacker. It's a jackal. Um, this one is, you can see, has authentic, oh, authentic Japanese, Japanese writing. Thank you for so showing I, me I that, I have dude. no, I, no idea what this, what it says. Um, it is a 42, 42 millimeter, 6.5 gram Ugh. loading topwater lure. Japanese um, measurements, dude. Get, give me yeah. some American measurements. I don't know what any of that was. <laughs> um, and then I think this is an American made thing. So the, this is one of those like advertisements I had seen on Facebook or whatever. They'd obviously Oh, did target. you get the banjo minnow? No, no, <laughs> I kind of feel like it might be, uh, but I, I actually haven't used it yet. I bought them in the spring and I just haven't, but they're kind of, they, they're intriguing. Have you, have you seen the um, headbanger lures? Have you seen no, those? No, I don't think so. So what it is is a jig head that, I don't know if you can see this. So it's oh. like flat, and when you, you can put a, it's just got an offset hook on yeah. it, um, and when you reel it in, it like a, almost vibration. acts like a like a yeah. chatterbait. Right. Um, but I was thinking about putting a fluke on the back and having like a fluke that has that, Dude. you know, okay. action. So we did get a message today. Did you see that Instagram message we got today from our buddy down in the in the Ozarks, Colt Leonard, sent us a sent us an Instagram reel. Um, I did not see that. that. Was it was a double fluke rig? Have you ever done that yeah. before? I have. Yeah, donkey rig. Double a double I, fluke rig. Yeah, I did it. it looks uh, good, dude. A couple times, but I I didn't ever. So I have caught a fish on a double fluke rig. I almost caught two fish on it, but I I was having trouble with it. Like they were getting like tangled in each other, mm. and I I don't know. I, it's kind of one of those things I did, and I was like, "This is gonna be really cool." And then it was like, 
was kind of like, screw this, dude. I just want to fish. <laughs> right. Didn't um, come to you right away, so you immediately switched off of it. And... Yeah, I went to a single Luke rig. <laughs> uh, yeah. When something doesn't come on me right away, I definitely get off of it. Um, oh, dude. <laughs> I, I so, know. <laughs> Don't I know uh, it, brother. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, anyways, I, I'll be interested to see that video because that would be something cool. Yeah, it's cool. If you could perfect it. So I like that little idea though. That little uh little bit of vibration. Especially like I don't know, discolored I'm water. A, I'm I not a big you... yeah, I'm not a big gear guy. You know, I don't think either one of us are. No, you know, I'm we're definitely not, not. We're not big gear guys. Like we kinda like keep our offerings fairly like streamlined. Like we're not we're not yeah, we're not picking up fifteen different lures and tying them on. I feel like those two things you just showed me were gear guy purchases though, for real. They are, and that's what I was gonna say. Well, actually, Andrew bought that micro pompadour. Um, he's he's kind of into the that kind of stuff. The other thing was definitely a gear guy purchase, but I will say this: I've like a good example that I kind of rolled my eyes at was the whole whopper plopper thing when it first came out, and I waited like two years before I think about how got many one. whoppers you could have plopped in that <laughs> in those two years. You could have well, plopped. All the whoppers. Here's the problem. The first two years of that bait, like being out there, was probably the best two years. Yeah. And as it got saturated, more and more people started throwing it. You know, obviously it's less effective. Nedrick is kind of the same thing. I abstained from a Nedrick for a long time because everybody was doing it. And I've learned my lesson with those two presentations is like, if I see something that, is kind of like catching on, you know, like people are starting to be like, Ooh, this is really good. A chatterbait's another one. I kind of miss out on. I haven't really, I have a bunch of them. I just don't really fish them that much, but if mm-hmm. you kind of see something kind of, you, you want to be, the, you want to jump on the beginning of that curve. Like you don't want to be on the back end of it. You want to hit the uh, IPO. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you want to buy low, sell high. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've waited on a couple of them. So, you know, I think you got to gauge. You don't want to do that with every single rig, new rig that comes out. But I will say you can also miss out on them. So, um, yeah, we'll see, man. We'll see what. Uh... <clears throat> so I like the concept of like when you're bottom fishing, having, you know, instead of using like a rattle that gets stuffed inside of a tube or a rattle that you, you know, put inside of a Ned rig or whatever, I like the concept of just like vibration, you know, something that'll, you know, disturb that lateral line a little bit, you know, whenever you pull up on it. I think that, I think the vibrating are your little, you know, what do they call it? Jackhammer thing. I think that looks pretty good. Headbanger. Headbanger. I like yeah, it. I, I think it looks good. I need I to, I, I bought them in a, I bought Dirty water I situation. I don't know. I like it. Yeah. I think, uh, I think I need to give it a, a try. Um, especially on a day maybe where I'm not like killing them and I'm like, uh, let's try something different. Right. Uh, but anyways, man, what about you? Anything, anything cool besides the boat? <laughs> um, yeah, besides the boat. Um, I did, uh, I did get a new fly rod too. Um, I bought for the trip out West. I just got, um, it's like a seven foot nine, four weight, a G Loomis IMX pro seven foot nine, uh, four weight. And I'll say this. So that, that rod is really nice. I love, I love the, um, the rod. So I did buy a new reel as well. And it pains me to say it, but I'm going to have to, the people deserve complete honesty, dude. Um, I bought a TFO reel to go with it. Um, and I, and I do like TFO stuff. Like I have, you know, I have a mangrove, a TFO mangrove. I had a clouser that I gave to Derek Burton, who's now a fly fisherman. I'm sorry to say it. Um, <laughs> and I've had an, my brother has an Axiom 2X that I love. I think it's a great six weight. Um, I bought a TFO fly reel. It's the first one I've ever bought. And um, it is the biggest piece of dog shit that I have ever purchased. Um, for fly fishing gear yeah it is a piece of shit i will never feel like it's like hard to make a shitty fly reel 
Like it's one would that... think one one would think, but Temple Forks Outfitters has found a way to make the shittiest fly reel I have ever procured, and I have bought some very cheap fly reels in my day. Um, yeah, you know I think, but you know it's a lesson that I needed to learn because. I am like a Reddington Rise and like a, a Range Reels guy. I love the Range Reel. It's a Indiana company. Um, they make a really awesome fly reel. It's the best fly reel I've ever owned. Um, and I, all the rest of my fly reels are Reddington Rises. Um, and, you know, I, I love that. I love that. Let me make sure that's the right. Yeah, it's Reddington Rise. <laughs> I was like, I, I started second guessing myself. But anyways, yeah, the Reddington Rise fly reel. And uh, I love those things. They're great. The TFO fly reel I bought, dog shit. So it was very frustrating. And, and you know, fly reels for freshwater fish are really just line holders. I mean, that's like the least expensive thing that you that's should buy. That's what I'm buy. saying. I, I mean, especially we don't really put them on the reel very often unless you get no. a carp or something. I mean, dude, it's so bad that like you can't even use it. I mean, like the fly reel, the fly line slips out of the spool. There's like a a seam where the spool clicks into the casing, and there's like a little gap there. Your fl- my fly line just comes right out of it, so you can't even. You end up stripping your fly line from like not even the correct place, and the spool just goes. It's it's nuts. Thing is a, it's it's bad it's a bad situation bad, bad so. reviews i'm giving it a one star review dude i'm never <laughs> I, I and i'm not a big gear basher either like as much as i'm not a gear guy like i bought plenty of stuff that i was kind of so so about and i'll just never breathe the word of it but this is bad so yeah mm. Mm. that's not good no uh well what's what's on the docket uh coming up we're, we're definitely gonna do a few more probably quick jet trips uh i think we have that fall trip coming up um anything for you you got planned you going out tomorrow going out tomorrow um just for a local trip and then um i've got a musky trip coming up on october 8th big Um, musky guy dude big musky guy um going out on that pretty excited for that um you know nothing and then i think you and i are trying to we're talking about doing like a big trip at the end of october so other than that, no. Yep. Yeah, we'll stay tuned on that. I'm not sure what we'll, we're going to end up doing, but uh, yeah, man, it's, it's uh, coming coming to a close. It's a bittersweet time of the year. You know, I love fall, but uh, you know, we have we have a good. I think a really strong uh, six weeks left of fishing before we we really like run into like a wall with it. Um, so savor every bit of that wet boys like yep. savor every freaking bit of it yes you can fish in the winter every drop every single drop of it like it's sop so- up every <laughs> drop dude <laughs> oh, absolutely all um, right well dude thanks for uh thanks for coming on doing this thanks everybody for listening um and as always free the fighter free the fighter, free the fighter. oh yeah bronze cult pre-order five days left check them out Cheekandbrand.com. Yes. Now. Go. Do it now. Do it. Do it. Ah. Uh. <laughs>